Hallelujah. Can we lift our hands right now all over this house? There's a sweet anointing that's just, it's here, it's resident. Jesus, Jesus right now. Father, we welcome you to be and to do whatever it is that you desire to be and whatever it is that you desire to do in this house. I want you to understand what I feel in the house. I had mentioned it yesterday ministering. It just feels like where we are is if you've ever been to a production, if you've ever been to a play of any sort, There are times in that production where the lights go out. The show's not over. But when the lights go down, they begin to move the staging. They begin to move the background. And they begin to shift for the next act. But while the lights are down, the audience will sit back. And they know that something is happening. And they... They don't know just what it is, but they know things are changing. The players are being put in place and they are getting ready for the next act. And I feel that's where we are as as God's church and God's people. It's like life sometimes. The lights cut out. We don't know really what's happening. But something's happening. We don't know what's going to happen next, but we know something is about to happen and I believe that is where we are sometimes the lights does cut out we don't know what to do next but I believe God's got us where he wants us and the lights are about to come back on and he's about to do what he's promised that he would amen and I believe that God's going to speak to us today But if you're a guest with us here today, I want to greet you. I'm a guest here as well. So we're in the same boat. But if you'll open your heart, your mind today, not to hear some young man, but to hear from God. I'm telling you, you will hear from God today. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, while we're postured like this in prayer and worship, I want you to just turn to Genesis chapter 3 it's a privilege always to come with my friends that are here family that is here your pastor Pastor Wright amen I give him and his wife his family and all of you honor in the name of Jesus but do me a favor will you do this for me just one favor Every preconceived idea that you may possibly have come here today with. Ideas of what you thought it was going to be like. And just lay those down and say, Jesus, I'm going to trust you today. If you're a guest here today and you've not been here or you've only been here a couple times, just come and say, God, whatever you want to say to me. Whatever you want to do in my life. I want it. Can we do that together today? Amen. Brother Mike, you, good to see you as well. Amen. Everybody on the platform as well. Amen. 
But Genesis chapter 3, and we're also going to go to John chapter 12. But Genesis chapter 3, it says this in verses 13. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? I go home every week to my wife, and I say the same thing. Woman, what is this that thou hast done? She moved the furniture. She'd done some. She, Woman, what is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. And upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Fun fact. You were formed from the dust. That's where you and I came from. So the only thing that God ever gave the devil permission to feed on was where you came from. And so many times when you would try to move forward, the devil will feed on where you came from and try to keep you from where you're going. Are you sure you really think you can be what God wants you to be? I know where you came from and I know what you did. Dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. But then verse 15, he goes from cursing the serpent to giving us our very first promise. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed. Somebody shout the seed. I will put the, I will between thy seed and her seed and it, the seed, shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. That was the first promise of a Savior. That after we had been separated in sin. But John chapter 12, now if you'll turn to the New Testament. Verse 20 of John 12 says, And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. Now these Greeks, they were very intellectual. They were, they, they, they were stimulated by things that interested, uh, their, their, uh, intellect. And they, the Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast, the same came therefore to Philip, which was at Bethsaida of Galilee and desired of him saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. We want to see this one you're talking about and Philip cometh and telleth Andrew and again Andrew and Philip tell Jesus and Jesus answering them in response to their request saying the hour is come that the son of man should be glorified verily verily I say unto you except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die it abideth alone but if it die it bringeth forth much fruit. Somebody shout the seed. This morning I want to preach to you and give you simply a synopsis, a snapshot, a painted picture that with my words that your ears would somehow become eyes to see what I would try to say today. 
giving you a synopsis of the seed. You going to help me preach this morning? Amen. I'm going to preach about the seed. Amen. Is that all right? Would you set your Bibles down one more time? Would you lift your hands, Father? We come to you, Lord God, with a humility of mind, asking, oh God, that we could come into this house, Lord, to receive the engrafted word of God with meekness, oh God. Not to defend ourselves, not a posture of defense, but a posture of God, a willingness to see what you want us to see, to know what you want us to know, to feel what you want us to feel and to have what you want us to have. Father, I pray awaken our ears to hear. I pray let your word go forth with clarity. Touch every broken life, oh God. I pray bring clarity to where confusion has laid, oh God. And we pray it all in your name, in the name of Jesus. We trust you today, Jesus. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated if you so desire. And to my man, Timothy, on the keys, can we give a hand clap? He's very somber walking off, I understand. The seed. In creation, God created for six days, but with everything that in creation God placed life within. He also placed the ability to reproduce that life in the form of a seed. The seed has been and will always be the embryo of life and things to come. The seed was the ability to reproduce and carry on the life that was placed in creation. The seed. The seed was the origin of things to come. The seed. But if you know anything about the seed, he put herb yielding seed in creation. He placed fruit bearing trees with seed in itself. And God through the concept of a seed would, watch now, through the concept of a seed, God would set something in motion that the law of motion says that once something is set in motion, it will remain in motion until it is acted upon by an equal or greater force. But when God sets something in motion, there is no equal and there is no greater force. So that tells me that when God sets something in motion, it will forever remain in motion until he decides but this concept of the seed was very prevalent in creation until Adam and Eve you know the man the woman who ate of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil when God said don't dare you eat that tree the fruit of the tree of knowledge and of good and evil because the day you eat of it you shall surely die we know that story they ate the fruit they disobeyed God separated themselves in sin but then God comes into that garden and he says to Eve woman what did you do now? I love that. I'm just like my daddy. Woman, 
What'd you do now? She'd always bought something new. Always moved something. Always touched my stuff. Woman, what did you do now? And she quickly turns to that serpent who beguiled her. And she blames and points the finger at that serpent and says, That serpent beguiled me. And in that moment, God turns to the serpent and begins to pronounce the very first curse on that serpent. Listen, he said to them, And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all the cattle and above every beast of the field. And upon thy belly shalt thou thou go in dust shall thou eat all the days of thy life but like I said before in this moment of cursing the serpent and pronouncing that curse that he'll forever live with he thus in the midst of cursing the serpent begins to give us the promise of Messiah and a savior that would come but the promise is simply this that I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed and it the seed shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel one translation said Bubba he's got he didn't say Bubba but it says he's going to crush your head and you're going to bruise his heel and that was the first promise in the word of God that a savior would come in the form of a seed In the form of a seed. And you know as well as I do. It said that the seed of a woman would come and save us from sin. And Jesus came born of a virgin. The seed of a woman. And did you know that Galatians calls him the seed of Abraham. And Romans calls him the seed of David. And did you know that when Jesus was teaching his parables. He taught about seed that would be sown on four different times. Types of soil that would mirror the man, the heart of a man, four different types of a heart that would receive the seed sown. He said that the word was the seed, but the Bible also says in John 1 that he was the word made flesh, and that makes him the seed that would be sown. He was a seed. But even when the request was made to Philip and the request was made to Andrew, the Greeks, the curious, they'd heard the miracles, they'd heard the stories about Jesus. And they went to Andrew and Philip and they said, we would see Jesus. We want to see what you've been talking about. We want, they were curious. They were interested. So Andrew and Philip, they run to Jesus and they say, well, the, the Greeks, they want to see you. They've heard about you, but now they want to see you. They want to experience you. And Jesus quickly says, the hour has come that the son of man, the seed of a woman, should be glorified. And he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die and abide alone. Except 
a corn of wheat falling to the ground. And me, he, him making reference to his death, him making reference to his hour of glory, refers to himself as a corn of wheat or a seed. He was the seed. He said, unless that seed fall to the ground and died, it's going to abide alone. But if it die, it will bring forth much fruit. But here's the understanding. The Bible also said that if the princes of this world would have known, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. What did they not know? They did not know that he was a seed. Because here's the thing. The fact is that he is the seed of a woman. Galatians says he's a seed of Abraham. Romans says he's a seed of David. And he referred to himself in the death that he would die, that he was a corn of wheat or that he was a seed in himself and that he was the Word made flesh that would be the seed sown in the hearts of men. And that tells me that they did not know that he was a seed, the princes of this world. Because here's what they did. After he was crucified, they laid him in the grave but what they didn't know was that when they laid him in the grave they thought it was over but do you realize what happens when you lay a seed in the ground The devil thought it was over. He thought it was finished. But I'm here to tell you, when you put a seed in the ground and you put it in the grave, what he thought was the end was only just the beginning of what that seed was about to do. So I'm telling you, that's the first part of the picture. The seed, when you think it's over, When you think it's the end, it's only the beginning because you can't just put a seed in the ground because when you put a seed in the ground, that's when it begins to work. He said, except it fall to the ground and die. So when they thought it was the end, when the devil thought it was over and he had got the best of Jesus, the seed of a woman, seed of David, the seed of Abraham, it was only just the beginning. Seed was planted. For three days he was in that grave. But did you know something else about a seed? The seed. You can look at the seed. And get a perfect picture. Look at the genetics of a seed, I should say. You can look into the genetics of a seed. And you can see a perfect picture of the produce that will come from the seed. Without ever, ever I've seen, see, uh, without ever seeing the plant, you can understand through the seed. Because in the genetics of the seed, it produces a picture. My wife sent me uh, something this morning. It was, there's a plant right now that National Geographic published an article about a plant called Methuselah. And Methuselah was an extinct plant. From thousands of years ago, 2,000 years ago, an extinct plant. But they found some seeds that were over 2,000 years old. And they, after looking at the seed and and taking some of the seed and cutting them in, uh, in two and looking into the genetics of the seed, they realized because in the picture of the genetics, it's giving us a picture of the plant that it will produce and the fruit that it will produce. 
They understood that the plant was a plant that had long been extinct. But you know what they did with those seeds, don't you? They put them in the ground. And those ancient seeds uh, that had an extinct plant uh, within the heart of it, they planted that seed, uh, and now they've got a plant that was once dead, uh, is now alive. And they gave it a name, Methuselah. So what I'm trying to help you to understand the concept of a seed. But today I want it to be more than a concept. But it must become a material reality. That you can look at the seed that is to be planted before it ever produces. You can see the picture of what will be by looking at the seed. So what do you mean? I mean that you can look at Jesus as the seed of a woman that was planted in the grave. And you can look at that broken body and the genetics of that seed. And you can get a picture that is painted of what his death and burial will produce. And what kind of fruit that you and I get to partake of. What do you mean? Well... You can look at him, the seed, as he's laid in the grave and see the picture of what is produced for you and me. First off, you can realize that when he was laid in that grave as the seed, he had a broken brow. He had a crown of thorns that had punctured and broken that brow. And that was a part of the picture of the seed that was planted. And you know what that tells me? He had a broken brow. Why? Because that's painting a picture of the produce. What is it producing for me? When he had that broken brow and was buried, that produced for us the ability to have a right mind so that we don't have to live fighting thoughts we were never to have. And Depression and confusion. See, most time when we preach and you, you hear things, you say, wow, that's a neat concept. But you need to understand that this concept of a seed is more than a concept, but it's something that you can have. It's a reality. I've watched people with chemical imbalances in their bodies and in their minds. And and they come uh, with all kinds of prescriptions. uh, But when they get a hold of the seed uh, that was sown, uh, there's... I've watched, I've watched, I've watched autistic young boys, seven years old, that had never looked their mama in the eye. When God reached down, He could do a miracle in them because of that broken brow. That little boy came to with a right mind and he could look in his mama's eyes and say, mama, everything's gonna be alright. But not only did the seed have a broken brow that provided for you and me a right mind so we didn't have to live warring with depression and suicide and all the thoughts that are going through minds and struggles that cannot be seen on the surface. But also, if you look at the seed, you can see that he had two pierced hands. This speaks to me of an extension of forgiveness. On one hand, through his death and his burial, 
the seed provided for us on one hand, the ability to receive the forgiveness of sins. But wait, there's another hand. So not only in this house, because of the seed, do you have the ability to receive forgiveness for every wrong that you have ever done. But on the other hand, you have the ability to extend that same forgiveness that was granted you and you can grant it to somebody else that has done wrong to you and they have said things, they have done things... See, we're looking at the seed to understand the produce, the fruit. But not only, watch now, not only a broken brow for you to have a right mind so you don't have to go back and forth warring with things that you've been dealing with all of your childhood because you have, you, what you need right now is a miracle in your memory. Because yes, you've already forgiven, but you can't forget it. Guess what? God can do a miracle in your mind. And you can have your mind, uh, hey, he said, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing through his broken brow. But then through his outstretched hands, his pierced, his nail pierced hands that were planted as a seed. You have the for, you have the ability to be forgiven for everything you've done wrong. But on the other hand, you have also the ability to extend forgiveness to those who have done what they have done to you. Because forgiveness is not just a one-sided thing. Forgiveness is a flow that you get into and you live in. It's not uh, forgiveness is not an action. It's not just something you do one time. It's a it's a state of mind. It is a state. Listen to me. It is a state of living that you receive forgiveness every day and you must also extend that forgiveness because He is the seed. But not only that, it continues to exist. When we continue to look at the seed, you understand that He had a pure side. And the Bible said out of His pure side flowed blood and water. You know what medically that tells me? That when he was pierced in his side and out came blood and water, medically that tells me that his cardiac sac had ruptured around his heart. Because when a heart goes through so much trauma, in an effort to preserve itself, that cardiac sac will begin to fill with fluid, blood and water mingled and mixed. Uh, will begin to feel that cardiac sac as an effort to preserve itself. So when he was pierced in his side as the seed, that tells me that Jesus, when he died, he died of a broken heart. But guess what? The seed of a broken heart was planted so that you don't have to live with the emotional damage of you being done wrong, the emotional damage of a marriage gone south, you don't have to live with a broken heart. This is not just a concept. Wow, that's a neat thought. I don't have to have the emotional baggage that I brought into this place. This is the seed. That was sown. He had a broken heart. Because he wanted you to have the fruit. Of emotional healing. 
isn't a concept, church. This isn't something you walk away thinking about, wow, wow, wow. No, no, no. This is something you receive. This is something that comes alive. But it don't even stop there, Pastor, because the, the, the Bible says that, that, that Jesus, as the seed, received 39 stripes on his back. 39 stripes, 39 lashes, 40, save one, because 40 lashes was known to kill a man. So they would always do 40, save one, 39 stripes on the seed's back that would go with him planted in the grave as a seed, painting a picture of what has been produced by his sacrifice. But the significance of 39 stripes is the picture painted. And just so you think I'm not making stuff up. The World Health Organization in 2010 changed the ICD coding systems to categorize diseases and illness from a list of 17 to 39 major categories of illness and disease. Did you know in 2010, the World Health Organization, they said, yeah, we've got 17 categories, but I I just think we need to further define the categories and the subcategories to define all illness and sin. And they just so happen to go from 17 to 39, which tells me that he took 39 stripes, one stripe for every disease that you could ever have. So the picture painted is he... By His stripes, we were healed. So you can have a healing in your body today. This is the seed. He took a stripe for cancer. He took a stripe for diabetes. He took a stripe for every blood disorder. He took a stripe for every dementia. This is the seed. This is not a concept. This is what I can have. So if you're sick, you don't have to be sick. Because there's a seed. It doesn't matter if it's chemical imbalance. It doesn't matter if your blood sugars are out of whack. I'm telling you, the seed took a stripe on his back. But the World Health Organization is just catching up with what he knew 2,000 years ago. So if you're in this house and you have any kind of sickness, any kind of disease that is ailing your body, arthritis, oh, that ain't nothing. He took a stripe for that. Ah, this is the seed. This is the seed. See, we're looking into the genetics of what, it, what, what in, went into the ground so we can understand what came out of the ground. Oh, somebody clap your hands with faith right now. That somebody's going to get healed today. Somebody, you've been messing with addictions, but God, because of the stripes on His back, He can fix
devil is a lie. Because he don't want you healed. Because he's a seed as well. And he's trying to mock everything that Jesus did. He's trying to tell you it ain't real. Because it was his seed versus her seed. Come on. I'm telling you what he did on Calvary is not just a nice idea that causes a Greek to say, I would see Jesus. No, I can have the seed. But that's not, no, listen, that's not even my favorite part. Because there's another part to the seed. But before I go there, I want you to understand that there will be healing on every, listen, on every level today. Healing in your body, healing in your mind, healing in your emotion, healing in your relationships, healing, healing amongst one one another, healing. Somebody shout the seed. But did you know that also the seed as he hung on Calvary's hill, for him to hang on that cross called Calvary for him to hang there and for his body's weight to be carried there had to be another nail placed in his feet and for it to carry the weight of his body and the weight of the seed those feet would have to be overlapped kind of like His feet would have to be overlapped medically for it to actually work for him to be crucified on Calvary. They would have to overlap his feet and they would have to take a six inch nail and they would have to take it through both of his feet, six to nine inch nails, and they would have to take it through both of his feet through the thickest part of the foot, which is the heel. And you know what that did? You know what the seed did when he was crucified with that nail running through the thickest part of both of his feet? You know what he was doing? He was fulfilling the very first prophecy. He was saying, devil, you may bruise my heel. But while you bruise my heel, I'm going to crush your head. That was the seed telling you every word I've ever spoken, every promise I've ever given, every prophecy that's ever been I will fulfill it. That was Jesus saying to you, if I said it, I'll do it. If I promised it, it will come to pass. If he through that one action, if he through that one action of having his heels bruised would fulfill 2,000, 4,000 years of prophecy. It's not just a concept. 
But that was him providing for us the fruit of fulfillment. Saying, if I told you I'd bring your babies home, if I told you I'd heal your body, if I told you I would bring you out and I would bring you through, if I prophesied you would be a gate to an entire nation and you would usher in a harvest of souls, if he told you it was when he sowed that seed of a bruised heel. He was saying, you don't have to be defeated. You don't have to wonder if it's going to happen. Because He's the seed. He's the seed. He was making a point. With every nail. With every stripe on His back. Painting a picture as the seed of what would be available for you and me. But there's a problem with the seed. It's the problem that often frustrates us. The problem that often wearies us. Because the other part of the seed, after you understand the picture that's been painted, of the produce that is a material reality for you and for me, It's not a concept for the intellectually interested to say, I wonder if that's actually real. But it's a material reality for the truly hungry and the truly committed to grab hold of and be a part of. But hear me. The seed as well. Once we know what is the picture of what is produced, the other part to give a full synopsis of the seed Botanist will say this. When seeds are planted, they first, somebody shout first. They first grow roots. But once these roots take hold, the plant will begin to emerge and eventually break through the soil. When this happens, we say that the seed has sprouted. But there's a Bible that says the same exact thing in biblical terms. It's in Ephesians 4 and 9. Bring that up for me. Ephesians 4 and 9. This is about the seed. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth... Because remember, there was three days where they didn't know where he was. They couldn't see him and they couldn't hear his voice and they couldn't feel his touch. But now that he has ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. Next verse. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might feel all things. Somebody shout all things. So what this tells me about the seed. That the seed always begins to work in the unseen. Before it is ever manifested in the seen. 
What am I saying? While you're waiting for that Sunday resurrection to roll around and you haven't felt Him, you haven't seen His hand at work, don't you dare think that that seed is not working in the unseen where your eye cannot see and your ear cannot hear. But that seed is working before that stone was ever rolled away that Sunday morning. There was a seed that was working a work. So what am I telling you, Antioch? What am I telling you, guest and visitor here with us today? There is a seed that is named Jesus. But here's the frustrating part. Is that a seed, when it is planted, it always works in the unseen. Before it is ever manifest in my body. Before it is ever manifest in my mind. Oh, come on. He's working in the unseen right now. I'll go over here to distract you. But do you understand what I'm saying? We get frustrated waiting on the seed. Because we think, watch now, every word that has come across this pulpit, every word that has been uttered from this, these pages, you hear me. Every one of them's a promise. Every one of them's a seed. But when the prophecy goes forth, it is planted in the soil of our soul. And you hear me, while we're waiting on the seed, we're waiting for the stone to roll away. But I'm here to tell you, even before you see that miracle manifest in your marriage, your family, your life, your world, before you ever see it manifest, it is working. And here's what I felt. You ready? He's about to roll away the stone. And you're about to see what he's been sowing. You're about to see what he has once said because the seed, it's not, listen, it's at work right now. It's been getting things in position. It's beginning, he's been getting things right in place. But you get ready because in your life, he's about to roll away the stone and you're about to see that deliverance that you've been desiring. You are about to see that revival. The lights are out. It's working in the unseen. Things are being shifted. Players are in place. I'm telling you, it's about time for the next act. So don't get frustrated. Don't be weary in well-doing. Trying to well-do what's already been well-done. I'm here to tell you the seed is at work oh come on somebody shout come on somebody shout yes he's about to do that miracle in your memory he's about to do that miracle in your body he's about to do that miracle in your family because he's the seed Come on, let's clap our hands for Jesus right now. Ah. Yes. Yes. 
Come on, this isn't a concept. This is reality. So throw your hands up in the air and say, I'm ready. Roll the stone away. Now listen, listen, I'll let you have it in a second. But I remember when I was a 17-year-old young man, it's no coincidence that the Bible says that God formed us from the dust of the earth and then breathed into us the breath of life. It's not a coincidence that you and I are formed from the dust of the earth. Dirt. The perfect environment for a seed to be sown. And I remember being 17 years old. Coming from a broken home where abuse and alcohol and methamphetamines and prison... I came into a church just like this. 17 years old as a broken young man. My life was like a plowed field. Loss had ripped through. Addiction had tore through. So I came in 17 years old like a plowed field. But I felt what we're feeling right now. And I remember I came, I was bawling like a baby because I'm a crier. I thought I was tough, then I got in the presence of God. And I just began to weep and cry out to the Lord, say, God, I'm broken. You don't, you wouldn't want me. You don't, you don't know who I am. You don't know what I've done. But I'm telling you that day. In 2003, September 24th, God planted himself as a seed in this soil. And I remember going away from that. As a young man, all I wanted was to be used of God. All I wanted was this life to matter. To have purpose. So I remember I would take that seed with me to prayer. And I would go into my prayer closet and I'd begin to pray. Just as an 18 year old, 19 year old, I would lay in my prayer closet. And I would just say, oh God, if you can use anything. God, I'm not the best. I'm not the smartest. I, 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 I can't really do a whole lot. But God, if you can use anything, use me. Do something with my life. And I remember one day. In prayer God showed me. He showed me. Did did you get those pictures to the media? Okay. I want you to get them ready. Those pictures. I want to show you something. Because I was in prayer as a broken young man still. I said God just use me. 
Make my life matter. Give me a purpose. Help me to find my worth. And it was in the midst of a prayer season where I was laying on the floor that all of a sudden God put a picture in my mind. It wasn't some like big screen like it gave me some vision and trance. No, it's just a, a picture kind of went through my mind. And I seen that I was standing on a platform. And I looked out and I seen a crowd of people, a sea of people. It was like a basketball arena. And it was full from side to side, front to back with people. And then in that vision, just people, the Spirit of God began to move. And, and everybody just started coming to the altar. And they all lifted their hands and God began to fill them with the Holy Ghost and the gift of His Spirit. And, and all of a sudden people are weeping, people are crying, and people are receiving miracles. The blind are receiving their sight. And all I can hear, all I can hear is God say, they're coming, they're coming, they're coming. And that was a seed that he placed in this broken young man. I'd forgot about the vision. I'd forgot about the seed. Because I grew, I came into a church, it was about 13 people. I'd never been in a church more than 75 people at the time. So to see a vision of thousands of people, I'd never seen one miracle. But he planted the seed. And I came to a place where I forgot about the seed because it just, it wasn't reality to me. It was just a concept. Until November 2016, more than a decade later, that I was invited to go to the Philippines, Manila. And it was the night before the big crusade on Sunday night. That, that same brokenness came on me in a prayer meeting. I curled up in a ball in a little fetal position. I just began to cry out to God. God, just use me. God, do whatever you can and walk with me. And as I began to pray, Timothy, I began to talk in tongues and begin to intercede as God began to pray through me. And that same brokenness a decade later came upon me. And God reminded me of the vision. But as I was praying... The missionary comes to me, lifts me up. He said, Brother Near, you have no idea. But when you were praying, he said, you were speaking Tagalo, which is our native tongue. And I said, well, what did I say? He said, well, you said the scripture. This is the rest wherewith I'll cause the weary to rest. This is the deep abide here. I said that for Timothy. But that next Sunday, that, that next day, Sunday night, I was standing on that platform just like I am right now and I looked out and this is what I saw. It was Yare's arena. It was a basketball arena. And it was filled from side to side to back to front with all of the people. But one thing I didn't tell you. 
that when I was in prayer, He didn't just show me a thousand, thousands of people side to side, a sea of people coming and repenting and receiving the Spirit of God. But when I looked down in that vision, more than a decade ago, I looked down. You know what I seen? I seen with such great, great detail all the people. And I looked down to my left and I seen a lady with her hands lifted up, crying, tears flowing down her face. But it was the oddest thing, Pastor, because when I looked down in my vision, this wasn't in the Philippines, this was in my vision, God showed me that lady, hands lifted high, tears flowing down. And she was wearing this pink stocking cap. And in in the vision, I thought that was the craziest thing that I'd ever seen. A pink stocking cap. But I'd forgot about it until this moment when I seen all the people. And I looked down. And I seen a lady that her family had wheeled her up to the altar. Pancreatic cancer had had her doubled over in pain. And she had not stood on her own for six months. Cancer was eating her alive. But when it all came back to me, I looked down and I seen her. There she was. That was the seed sown. And in the middle of worship, all she did, her children wouldn't let her stand. Because they knew how much pain the cancer was causing. And knew if she tried to stand up, she lost control of all of her bodily function because the pain was so much. She said, Mom, they, they told her, Mom, don't stand. But when they wheeled her up to the altar, her kids began to worship with their eyes closed. So Mama, while they weren't looking pushed herself up out of that wheelchair and she lifted her hands towards a God in heaven and God filled her with the gift of the Holy Ghost and God healed her broken body but here's the concept that was a seed that was planted in a broken young man that all he wanted was his life to matter. And what I'm telling you, Antioch, what God is about to do, Pastor, the Lord spoke to me this morning and He said promises that were given decades ago. Seeds that have been laying dormant in the lives of His people. He said today, they break Soil. So I want you right now, if you would, to stand to your feet. And I want you to grab that hand of that person next to you. And I want you to let them know. This is not just a concept. This is not just an intellectual understanding. But this is a reality. And if you can become broken, if you can become broken like a plowed field, He can put something in the soil of who you are.
that's it. Pray for that guest next to you and let them know it's real. You can have it today. Just give him a chance. Just let the seed work. Come on, just tell him, Jesus, I'm sorry. Jesus, I've messed up. Jesus, I'm broken. Let him give you a vision. Let him show you things to come. That's it. Pray for their healing right now. That's it. Right where you are. Pray for their healing. Pray for emotional healing. Pray for a memory and a miracle in a memory. Pray for healing in their family. Just be honest with God and say, God, I don't know everything that's going on, but I want it. Come on, Antioch. There's a spirit of ministry. Be loosed. Go in across that way and begin to pray for them. Be bold enough to be broken. Be bold enough to let yourself become like a plowed field. Whatever you want to do in me, God. Whatever you want to do in me. Come on. Pray in the name of Jesus. is doing a miracle right now. The stone is rolling away. Come on, you're going to receive the Holy Ghost right now. Somebody's about to lay their hands on you and when they do, God is going to fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Receive ye the Holy Ghost now. Antioch, get bold. Believe the seed. Trust the seed. From the front to the back, find somebody. If you want to be used, be used right now. If you want to be anointed, be anointed right now. wait for somebody else to pray for them. No, you pray for them. In the name of Jesus. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. In the name of Jesus. 
begin to pray for them, God's going to do the miracle in you. When you begin to pray for their healing, healing will come to you. That you let your voice out. That you let your voice out. That you let your voice out. That's it. Something's breaking right now. The soil is breaking right now. The soil is breaking right now. Hey! Hey! God's going to bring peace to you. We can bring peace for another. Okay? Okay? Because He knows what you're going through. You know the lights are out. Things are changing. Thank you. He's getting everything in place. So you go pray for the peace of another. Get after it. Come on, release the gifts of the Spirit right now. I release the gifts of the Spirit to operate. I release the gift of faith to operate right now. Some young man, get a hold of a vision. Some young lady, get a hold of a vision. Antioch, it's time for you to remember some of the prophecies. It's time for you to remember some of the prophecies. Some of the promises. Remember what He showed you. Remember what he showed you. Remember. 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 Remember the prophecies. Remember the promises. That's it. That's it. It's happening right now. That's it. Just lift your hands and receive it right now. Just lift your hands and receive it right now. There's peace coming to you. Right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, you didn't bring in this part of 
years ago. The right and the wrong. I want every young person to step out and not just pray. I want you to pray for somebody else and pray and move on to somebody else and pray them through to the Holy Ghost. Pray them through to a miracle right now.